0: Sarah and I have a date, and I also booked myself a room in the same hotel as her, so that I don't have to travel up and down more than I need to. On Sunday, we're actually going to have dinner together, a contemporary waterfront restaurant featuring seafood specialties, plus a terrace and harbour views. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of Mr. A+. I'm your host, Michael Theo, and joining me once again is my reliable and and very funny producer, Mandy. Oh, thank you. That's a nice introduction.
1: Hello, Michael. Hello, Mandy. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are
0: you going? I'm doing a lot better, definitely.
1: Yeah, good. I know you were a bit upset when we last spoke about the Queen yep. and uh, her yep. passing, so that's good to hear.
0: Yes, because of that... I've made a little change in life. I've retired from coin collecting.
1: Oh, wow. How long have you been coin collecting for?
0: Only a few months. It's because um, I've recently come to the realisation that I'm not, I've am not. i never really been passionate about it. Mm. Also, with money, I only want the security, not the money itself. Yeah. Just the financial security is all I've ever wanted. Apparently, as of next year, all Australian coins will have um King Charles's image on the backs of coins. Yeah. So um, I realised that with these coins I've collected, they could be worth some money in years to come. Yeah. So I've decided to sell off my entire coin collection, all of it except a couple of bits. Wow.
1: Which ones are you keeping, I'm interested to know.
0: That special coin from the Perth Mint of the Australian Commonwealth Coat of Arms, uh, a medallion that features the Australian Brush Turkey, and finally, my collection of um, play school stamps, play school medallions, and play school coins.
1: Right, because they're special. So you're going to sell off everything else. Yep. And how do you feel about the image or the head of King Charles III being on our coins?
0: It seems like a weird concept, concept, but he's the king now. Yep. It's also the beginning of a new era now. Yeah. Yeah. How
1: do you feel about Australia becoming a republic and moving away from having the Queen as our head of state?
0: I don't really have any thoughts on that because I can't really understand the differences between being part of a monarchy and being a republic.
1: Mm. Well, I think there's going to be some debate about that in future weeks, months, potentially years, as Australia starts to think about why we have a head of state that lives all the way over in the other, on the other side of the world.
0: To be honest, um, I actually um, like the idea of Australia becoming a republic.
1: Mm, I think many of us do.
0: If anyone should be um, leading Australia, it should be the Prime Minister.
1: Mm, I agree. So what are we talking about this week, Mr Theo?
0: Well, I'll be reviewing a film that I recently saw. It's called Man Up.
1: Oh, okay. So if you've missed it, go back and have a listen to episode 38 of Mr. A Plus, because that's when we interviewed...
0: Tess Morris. Tess Morris is the woman who wrote the film. I'll tell you how it all began. It's because at one point in her past, a gentleman um, mistook her for his blind date, and she um, said that she wasn't, but then wondered what would happen if she... Um, lied and said that she was.
1: Here's a tiny snippet from the Man Up trailer.
0: So, book, check, and blind date, check. What are you waiting for?
1: I am waiting for you. (laughs) And you are a...
0: Uh, I'm an online marketing manager.
1: I, I love online marketing managing. Yeah, I definitely want kids. I'm not, like, freaking out about it yet. Why would
0: you? You're 24. Man Up is a romantic comedy released in 2015, written by Tess Morris and directed by Ben Palmer. It Its two bigger stars are Simon Pegg and Lake Bell. And fun fact, he's also the voice of Buck in Ice Age.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't know that. There you go. Now you do. Did you like Lake Bell's performance?
0: Yeah, she did pretty great.
1: What was her character called?
0: Her character is is named Nancy... Patterson. She's a 34-year-old woman who's a journalist. Her sister and friends continuously continue to set set her up on these blind dates, but they never work out well for her because they're so determined and eager to see her get hitched with a man. Yep. But setups generally don't work.
1: Sometimes they do. I guess it's a bit like online dating now, Michael, is that you never really know who the person is that you're going to meet until you meet them, right?
0: Well, With online dating, you don't really get set up. You're just, um, you set yourself up with a person.
1: This is true. But you still don't know exactly what you're getting until you get there on that first face-to-face
0: date. Yeah, exactly. So
1: tell me the storyline of when Nancy
0: meets... His name is Jack and he's an online marketing manager, I think. Nancy Patterson is 34 years old and even though she continuously gets set up with a lot of men that don't work out well in the end... Her, her sister seems very um eager and maybe somewhat nosy about it. <laughs> but also, the past few years of her dating history has left her with a neg- negative outlook on romance and dating yep. and the sorts. When she's on, on a train to London Waterloo Station, a chirpy young young woman who's 24 years old, who's actually Jack's blind date, hands her a book. She actually... um left her copy with um with Nancy on the train by accident and Nancy tries her best to catch up to it to return her book but she ends up purchasing another copy so i think that she that Jessica left that book for Nancy so that she could um benefit from it herself
1: because it was like a self-help type book wasn't it
0: yes it, it it is
1: but the twist comes because the object that was was going to identify the blind date was actually that book wasn't it
0: yeah, that book. And the meeting point was that large clock at the station. And Simon Pegg's character, Jack, he um mistakes Nancy as his blind date. And instead of telling the truth, she just goes along with it. They only identify each other only by that book.
1: Yep. How was that first meeting when they first started talking? Was it awkward?
0: Well, it st- initially, initially started off as awkward, but it eventually started to flow better. And they st- were getting along so well that they... Went to numerous places, going to a cantina, having shots, and then going bowling. (laughs) Sounds like fun. That's where that lie reveal cliche comes into place.
1: Right, the lie reveal. Tell me
0: about that. A man who was an old school friend of Nancy named Sean, he actually worked at at the bowling alley, and it turns out that he is also someone who's, who's obsessed with her, but also a stalker, to such a point that he even took a photo of her from a tree.
1: He doesn't sound like a good guy.
0: No, that's very creepy. It is. You don't take photos of women from trees.
1: You don't really take photos of women when they don't want you to or when they don't know you are, really. Let's be honest.
0: Exactly. All he wanted from her was a was a blowjob.
1: Oh, my God, Michael.
0: Yes, I know. He basically um made his way somehow into the ladies' room and he was stripped of his clothes and except his underwear Oh. to, you know... Fulfill a lifelong ambition.
1: Right. And so she obviously wasn't attracted to this guy. He was just being completely creepy and inappropriate, yeah?
0: Exactly. He was overcome by lust. And what happened? What did she do? Did she slap him? No, surprisingly. He wanted her to make things romantic, but she was clearly repulsed Mm. and uninterested. That's because it takes a lot of effort to tell some men that they're not interested and this is not happening. And that's when Jack enters enters the bathroom to check on Nancy. Yeah. And then finds out the whole the truth the whole time because um Sean addressed Nancy by her by her real name.
1: Yeah, right. So she was exposed, yeah?
0: Yeah, exposed. But she was actually going to tell Jack the truth herself. But then Sean had to go and ruin it for her. Sean. Yep. Yeah. And then um their day was almost their day was almost ruined. But um they actually um raise each other back to a bar because they left a notebook and a bag belonging to them. Jack was upset with um, Nancy initially for derailing his date. And do you know what I could say? What? All I could say was, just be grateful you had a date.
1: It would have been disappointing a little bit or a bit sort of surprising, let's be honest, because he'd been talking or at least texting or messaging this girl who was a lot younger and who he thought was a specific human, and then he met this other one. So it would be a bit surprising.
0: Because, to be honest, a 40-year-old man with a 24-year-old girl, it doesn't really make much sense. No. I'm with
1: you on that one. He was cross with her, but did he kind of forgive her and did they live happily ever after, or is there a new tangent to this story? Wait. Wait.
0: When they went back to the cantina, they accidentally met um, Jack's soon-to-be ex-wife, Hillary, and... It also turns out that she had an affair with a man which led to Hillary's and Jack's divorce, but Jack hadn't recovered from it. Oh. Nancy managed to, to comfort him, and she opened up by the fact that her relation, relationship history made her made her bitter.
1: So they bonded over a similar sort of thing, that they had troubles in their previous relationships.
0: They certainly did.
1: Mm, that's one way to get close to someone on a first date, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's right. They So they went back to the bar... And Nancy accidentally set um Hillary's date on fire. Well, technically his clothes. <laughs> on his, just his um one of his, one of his arms. But she managed to extingu- but she managed to extinguish it, but also um sprayed Hillary with the fire extinguisher. Did she do that on purpose? I think so. Yeah. That
1: would have been fun. I mean, it's a way of kind of supporting Jack, yeah.
0: Yep. Jack calls that closure.
1: Yeah, nice.
0: A closure that he needed.
1: So Did they explore this newfound connection?
0: Well, after the day's events, Nancy just went along to her her parents' 40th anniversary party, which was still going on by that point. Mm -hmm. When she arrived at the party, she ended up in tears because she was upset about leaving Jack.
1: Did Jack ever go back and find the 24-year-old woman that he was supposed to have the blind date with?
0: He did, only to find out that they're not compatible enough.
1: Okay, is that because she's so much younger?
0: Yep. During the date, he found that they didn't really have much in common. It also came to the realisation that leaving Nancy was a mistake.
1: Wow. And had they exchanged numbers or contact details or anything, or was it all a bit like, well, see you later?
0: Nancy and Jack didn't have the opportunity to exchange numbers. Oh. And the fact that, that Nancy didn't have Facebook doesn't help. So basically, um, Jack went back to the bowling alley to um get Sean's help. Sean the Creep. Yep, but he actually, he secretly used that as an opportunity to divert Jack to a different location while trying his own luck with Nancy. Oh, he is super creepy, isn't he? Yep, so Jack was dropped off at the wrong location, ending up at a party full of young people, late teens or early 20s, I think. So Jack, with the help of these teenagers, managed to find Nancy at her parents' place. But by the time he got there, Sean was already there, being affectionate in the most creepy way possible and trying to feed her um chocolate moose <laughs> but she didn't but she never opened her mouth. <laughs> Something I was particularly repulsed at.
1: <laughs> I think I would have been too.
0: Not a good look. And so in the end, Jack managed to find his way to Nancy's place after all.
1: Wow, and all the family and was there and all the teenagers were there.
0: Yes, all of them were.
1: This sounds amazing. I want to see this
0: film. Just before Jack arrived, she uh, Nancy mentioned in her own speech at the anniversary party that Jack helped her change for the better. And so, even though she was his wrong date, it turns out he was the right she was the right person for him after all because like they say, destiny comes in a lot of unexpected ways. And it was also a bit of a blessing in disguise for both of them.
1: Absolutely.
0: Because like they say, there are no accidents.
1: Well, yeah. So let me ask you something about this. There's a deception in this movie. There's a deception by Nancy when she doesn't tell the truth to Jack straight away about being the wrong person. How did you feel about her not telling the whole truth?
0: I kind of had mixed feelings about it. Mm -hmm. But also at the same time, she saw it as an opportunity to um, put herself out there. I mean, sure that she lied about who she was, but she did no, no real harm. I agree. I personally wouldn't do it myself, but it, ha- it had to happen for Nancy because people were setting her up with, with, blind, with blind dates, but this time she set herself up with someone.
1: But if she told him straight away that she was the wrong person, he would have said, all right, no worries, thank you, see you later, and it would never have eventuated. So sometimes, yep, exactly. I don't know, I'm of the thinking that sometimes in life little white lies or maybe not telling the whole truth can sometimes be okay.
0: Exactly. Because white lies um, don't really mean any harm. As long as people aren't being harmed, I agree. And like they also say, sometimes we do the wrong things for the right reasons.
1: You know, both Simon Pegg and Lake Bell said that they really loved working with Tess Morris and that they thought her writing was incredible and that she was a really funny person to be around.
0: Oh, that's very intriguing.
1: Do you have a message for Tess Morris? In the podcast that we did with her a few weeks back, You hadn't managed to see the movie yet before you spoke to her, but have you got a a message to her now that you have reviewed this movie and seen it?
0: Yep. Tess Morris, if you're listening to this, i got to say, I've seen Man Up twice now and I found it to be a very funny and enjoyable film and you did an excellent job writing it. So I shake you firmly by the hand for it. It was that fucking awesome.
1: That's because Tess loves a swear, doesn't she? Yeah. If Tess Morris hears that, she's going to laugh. She's going to have a good chuckle at your swearing.
0: <laughs> yeah. And to finish that bit message off for Tess, I would say, you did a great fucking job, m'lady.
1: <laughs> Tess Morris and you had a good swear at the end of that episode, and it we was certainly very did. Very amusing. I think she's going to love that message, that review, Michael. Out of five,
0: I'd give um. 4 to 4.5, although I do have to admit that I'm not really a big fan of romantic comedies.
1: I know you're not, which is why I'm surprised you enjoyed it so much, but I think it's great that you did.
0: You're the reason why why I even saw it. Not only did you purchase a copy it for me, so thank you for it, but also you're the one that got Tess Morris on the podcast.
1: She's a great chick. If I was living in LA, I'd want to be her friend.
0: So would I. Welcome to our brand new segment, All About Yowies. Just think of me as the unofficial Yowie Ambassador. It's about the story of how I first fell in love with Yowies and why they're important to me today. Well, as a kid, I memorized the names of the, of the six Yowie characters and they've stuck with me to this day. Their names are Rumble, Ditty, Crag, Woof, Nap and Squish. I'll explain what they are. They're Yaoi characters, and their purpose is to protect the natural world, the animal kingdom, and their habitats. Rumble resembles a red kangaroo. He looks after the desert, the plains, and the drylands, and he's the leader of the Yaoi characters. Ditty is green, with a purple mustache, and he resembles a wombat. He looks after the bushland and meadows, and he's also a poet. By nature. Crag, who's also green, but a slightly darker shade of green, he resembles a crocodile, and he takes care of the swamps and wetlands. Boof, who's yellow and somewhat orange, he resembles a bandicoot, and he looks after the rainforest. Nap, who is blue, she resembles a koala, and she looks after the trees and treetops. While Squish, on the other hand, she resembles a platypus, is purple in color, and has the bill of a platypus, and the tail of a beaver, and she looks after the waterways, you know, ponds, lakes, rivers, and streams, and billabongs as well. So, essentially, all six Yowie characters resemble Australian animals. The mission of the Yowies is to protect the natural world and the the creatures that live in them. The natural world consists of many different kinds. There's rainforests, bushland, deserts, drylands, swamps, billabongs, lakes, rivers, streams, the ocean, beaches, plateau, tundra, polar ice caps, snow and ice found in the Arctic and, and the Antarctic Circle. One of the reasons why I learnt all, all this information is from, from the Yawies. The Yowie chocolates are what I describe as... A bit of an intellectual treat. Not only do I consider the Yaoi's to be an intellectual treat, but I'm also really grateful and thankful that I've absorbed all that helpful information from Yaoi's over the years. It's become an interest of mine and something that I'm very passionate about. To the point right now, consider myself an animal activist. Because children are the target audience of the Yowie chocolates and Yowie products, it's actually a great idea that they've been using chocolates and those little toys inside them as a way to um, educate and teach children about the importance of animals and how unique they are and how special they are and why they should be respected and that they require protection. I'm not sure if you're aware, but some animals in the world are endangered. Some of them are even critically endangered, which means that they're steps closer to extinction. And I learnt this from Yowie's myself. In fact, the conservation status on, on each paper from each animal describes what their conservation status is. They're either least concerned, or vulnerable, or near threatened, or endangered, or critically endangered, or extinct in the wild. The higher a species climbs up the ladder to the extinction status, that makes me care about animals even more. They require respect and protection, and so do their habitats. Learning about, about all this has motivated me to care about animals even more. I really hope that you've enjoyed this Yowie segment of the podcast. I look forward to be sharing more Yowie facts and information in the coming months. Stay tuned. Yowie Ambassador, signing off.
1: Now, this is phenomenal news, and I know that everybody is going to be cheering wildly right now to hear this. Just give us a small backstory for those that may not have heard this.
0: A couple of months ago, Sarah sent an email to the podcast detailing an invitation to date me and the fact that she would be willing to fly to New South Wales for that date because she lives in Perth.
1: And for anyone who lives overseas and doesn't know, that's a a four-and-a-half-hour flight. It's a very long way away.
0: Five hours. It's not that bad. International flights take a lot longer than than a flight from Sydney to Perth. This is true. So you read read over that email last month. You were intrigued and thought that she might be interesting for me, and so you forwarded to me. Mm -hmm. So I took a read, and I became impressed and intrigued immediately and so for a week we emailed each other and then we started conversing on messenger and we also then exchanged numbers
1: have you spoken to sarah
0: yes how was it very enjoyable i really love talking to her in fact i bring her a lot of joy and i make her smile every day And she doesn't seem to me in return.
1: So the big news is, and I wish I had a drum kit to give you a drum roll right now. In fact, I'm going to insert a drum roll right now. Are you ready? Here's the drum roll.
0: Sure. Sarah and I have a date.
1: Yes, and she's coming all the way from Perth for it.
0: Yep to Sydney. This is the best news. And I also booked myself a room in the same hotel as her so that I don't have to travel up and down more than I need to.
1: So it is a bit of a trek for you to come back
0: up and back. Yeah, and plus because we only have a few days with each other, I want to I want to milk the cow until there's nothing left.
1: <laughs> Fantastic.
0: So, it's a metaphor.
1: Oh uh, yeah, it is a metaphor. You're not being literal. I realize that. Can I ask Look, I don't need to ask what you're going to be wearing because you're going to look fabulous. We all know that. Can I Indeed. ask, what are you going to do for your first date?
0: On Sunday, we're actually going to have dinner together.
1: Yes. I know you love Italian. Is it an Italian restaurant?
0: It's a contemporary waterfront restaurant featuring seafood specialties, plus a terrace and harbour views.
1: Oh, you are going to go to the harbour. That's the perfect, perfect location, Sydney Harbour.
0: Yep. I also know the perfect meal. What's the perfect meal? Seafood platter for two.
1: Oh, my God, Michael, this is so romantic and fantastic. And what will you be drinking?
0: I don't drink beer or wine. I know, but maybe a
1: cocktail to start with, and I happen to know you like one in particular.
0: Oh, yeah, the fuzzy navel.
1: The fuzzy navel.
0: That is if they have the ingredients for it. I dare say they will. I'm going to also go out of my way to make sure that that the night is as romantic as I've always dreamed it would be.
1: Michael, I, my heart is pounding for you. I feel like I could almost cry. I'm so excited. Seriously? Yes. I am so excited for you. This has been an organic thing that's just happened. You've been very gentlemanly. It's been slow. You've talked on text and then you've moved to phone calls and I feel like she's making well, an enormous effort.
0: In fact, we often send each other voice messages. Oh, that's fun. I love listening to hers. Oh. <gasps> And um, I've also decided that if this proves to be a success, I will put some serious thought and consideration into flying to Perth for a date.
1: Oh, my goodness. This is the most exciting news I've had all year. Really? Yes. Are you nervous at all or are you feeling really confident?
0: I'm feeling pumped. Good, good. And I also happen to have a little gift prepared for... her. Mate, make sure you put some aftershave on. Yes, of course. I'm also not going to not going to show up with stubble. No. I'll be clean-shaven by then.
1: Oh, yes. In a suit?
0: Yes, of course. Of course. And also because there's a bit of a distance between the ho- hotel and the restaurant, I'll be calling a taxi to take us there.
1: Is it a strollable distance? Could you walk, you know, and talk?
0: I don't know if it's a good idea because she could be wearing high heels. After that, I think I'll take her along to Darling Harbour.
1: I mean, even just walking around the Opera House and the harbour there—it's so beautiful at night. Yeah. Well, Michael Theo, can I just say how excited I am for you? And I know that everyone listening right now is right behind you, cheering. And I can't wait for the next instalment to see how the date went and what you have to report.
0: I'll be looking forward to reporting it.
1: And I hope you have as much fun as. Nancy and Simon in Man Up.
0: I think I'll be having more fun than they did. It's gonna be more formal than theirs was anyway.
1: It will be more formal, but don't let that stop you from relaxing and being you and being funny and being your gorgeous self.
0: Yeah. My dad my dad also advised me to um not be too serious on the date as well.
1: I agree. It's great advice. Be relaxed, have fun.
0: And apparently Sarah is looking looking into um us doing hot yoga. Oh my goodness. Okay. I've never really done it, but I'm willing to give it a shot. It means you're going to be very sweaty. Yep.
1: (laughs) Well, this is the best news. I am so, so excited for you. And I expect a message or a photo or something as your friend and producer. And the person who forwarded this email to you, I would very much like a nice photo of the two of you at the harbour.
0: I will definitely be taking photos.
1: Well, good luck, Michael.
0: Okay, everyone. Thank you for listening to this podcast once again. I also want to say, take care of yourselves, stay safe, and stay tuned for the next time.
1: For the next exciting instalment. Woo!
0: Yes, to the next instalment. So if you want to know more about my love journey, stay tuned. (laughs) Hehehehe. <laughs>